Chapter Fifty Five of Kit and Kitty by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifty Five: Relief of Mind. But what I had heard about Downy Bullrag rooted itself more and more in my mind, since the departure of Tony Tonks, who would never have been invited to that grand dinner, for even racing people must draw the line somewhere. I had made up my mind to go and see the arch enemy as soon as ever he should be in his proper health again and with an eye to that i had written to mrs wilcox requesting her to let me know of his first reappearance it was not my desire to fall upon this villain at a time when he could not defend himself for i did not intend to mince matters with him if once i could come to close quarters and even of those who insist most strongly on the christian duty of forgiveness and look down from the greatest height upon the littleness of resentment probably few if they cared to speak the truth would have put up with the things as i did it was all very fine for the people to say take it easily my dear friend with patience and the will of god you will find everything come right and by and by you will be surprised at your own excitement about it the thing that surprised me most of all was my own power of endurance and sometimes i felt quite hot inside at having two strong arms and doing nothing with them it was not thus you won your kitty but by knocking down sam henderson the springy part of my conscience said sometimes to the spongy half of it if you let rogues have their way you are only a rogue yourself and a coward this reproach i did not deserve no fear of bodily harm to myself had crossed my thoughts for a moment but the dread of some reckless act had been perpetually with me it was easy enough to do violent things to cut myself off forever from all hope of love and happiness without much chance of even learning the secret of my misery the enemy i feared in the burst of pent-up fury was myself i began to forget this discretion now that the man who had ruined my life to gorge some filthy spite of his own should now jump up in the world and crow and dance with gold in his pockets and love in his arms while i lay a widower on two chairs that he should have grins on his vile yellow face while my kitty was weeping her eyes out somewhere and that every one should take it as a thing of course and prize his sagacity and worship him if justice had broken her beam like this what law could there be to bind any one the scoundrel had come to gloat upon my sorrow i would just return the call and have a word with him fearing the loss of my self-command i took not even a walking-stick nor the true briton's mainstay and umbrella although the day was showery neither did i change my working clothes but without a word to any one saddled old spanker and started directly after breakfast in an hour i dismounted at the door of mrs wilcox and gave the sharp boy my horse to lead about whatever can be the matter with you master kit his mother inquired very kindly you don't look a bit like yourself sir do come in i have got a sight to tell you thank you when i come back will do i'm going to pay a little call not more than half an hour before she could answer i was out of hearing when i rang and knocked loudly at the door of the old house a man-servant came and i was glad of that for i could not have forced my way past a woman i wish to see mr bullrag i said never sees any one at this time of day he's not finished breakfast yet answered the man it does not matter i must see him i have heard that he is quite well again oh yes he is well enough 
the man gave a smile which meant a great deal better than he deserves to be but you must call again in the afternoon thank you i intend to see him now show me the room if you please my friend that is the room but you must not go in he offered no resistance when he saw that it would not stop me and i knocked at the door and then entered donovan bullrag wore a dressing-gown braided with gold and was lighting a cigar after making as the dishes showed a long and goodly breakfast hola who are you his tone was rough and arrogant but i saw by his eyes that he knew me and his heavy mouth was twitching what the devil do you mean by coming in like this are you in your usual health and strength i would not have touched him if he had answered no to be sure i am but what business of that is yours i always kick insolent cads out of the room i will not foul my tongue with any words to you my business is to lead you three times round the room by the nose now try to stop me as i spoke i was putting on a gardening glove he struck at me with all his force but i dashed up his fist with my left hand while with the right i got a firm grip upon his bulky nose in vain he let fly at me right and left i did not even feel his blows though the marks were plain long afterwards then he tried to grapple me but i would not have it three times round the room i led him while he roared and shrieked with pain and then i flung him backward into his easy-chair i cannot say how i was enabled to do this and i doubt whether any one can explain it but before i felt the difficulty it was over and i was fit to do it again if needful downy bullrag had never been amazed before because he was a cold-blooded fellow and that made it all the worse for him when he could not avoid it i am thankful to the lord who has always guided me when i do not depart too far from him that this happened so for my heart was up and my brain had not a whisper left in it life and death were mere gossamer at such moments on the table lay a long sharp ham knife if bullrag had said a word or even stirred he would never have done one or the other again that knife would have been in his heart and i well the gallows and the devil would be welcome to me afterwards he saw my eyes dwell on that blade and he was cowed he knew that he had a madman standing over him and happily for both of us he fell into a faint blackguard i shouted you have had a narrow shave this comes of meddling between man and wife i seized the long knife while he pawed with his fat hands and flung it just clear of his big yellow head the blade cleft the panel of black oak behind him and quivered and rang like the tongue of a bell without another word i left him thus flinging the door of the room wide open that every one might see his condition the footman or whatever he called himself fell back against the wall and let me pass which was the only wise thing he could do then i walked away quietly and found my horse and declining all talk with mrs wilcox rode back to sunbury with a great weight off my mind End of chapter fifty five